0: A memorial service for the late President Li Denghui will be held at Aledia University's chapel in New Taipei on Saturday. Ahead of the ceremony, the presidential office released historic footage of Li's on his official website. One
1: shows Li in 1991, announcing the abolition of the temporary provisions against the Communist Rebellion. Another shows him in 1995, hosting a ceremony for the formation of an IDF fighter squad at Taichung's Qingchuan Gang Air Base. There's also him speaking at Cornell University that same year before becoming Taiwan's first democratically elected president in 1996. Lee's memorial on Saturday will be attended by President Tsai Ing-wen, who will present him with a posthumous presidential citation. His coffin will be covered uh, with the national flag before being sent off on a procession around his former uh, senior high school, Danjeng Senior High. If you're still holding on to an agriculture voucher, uh, spend it now before it's too late.
0: The Council of Agriculture's 250 NT vouchers expire on Thursday, and there are still 890,000 of them left unused. On Tuesday, Farmers Association stores were filled with shoppers spending their vouchers before the deadline.
2: The COA's 250 NT vouchers are about to expire. Two days before the deadline, not a few voucher holders were at the Farmer's Association store, looking for ways to spend it. The crowd of shoppers was twice as large as usual. According to official data, 4.11 million vouchers have already been used, leaving 890,000 of them still unspent. So far, 87% of the vouchers have gone toward agricultural products and gifts, 7% went to food and beverage, the remaining 6% were spent on tickets for admission, agricultural experiences, and package tours. Oh, so i to hey.
3: oh, so to hey, hey, oh, I'm going to buy?
2: Uh, I <laughs> Besides agriculture vouchers, the COA has also launched 250 NT vouchers for purchases of pomelo. 30,000 pomelo vouchers went out in the first round. Registration for the 20,000 vouchers in round 2 opened on Tuesday. Unlike the agriculture vouchers, pomelo vouchers are open only to those who spend 600 NT on the fruit at one time. Shoppers can enter the drawing after they hit the spending threshold.
4: For the first wave of Pomelo vouchers, there are some 22,200 applicants as of 9 o'clock this morning. So basically, this first round sees us offering gift vouchers to every applicant that hit the threshold. Those who registered first will get them first. Today, we're also starting up the second round of registration for the Pamelo Voucher Lottery.
2: It's voucher after voucher from the COA, which is working to recover the sector's losses from the first half of the year.
0: Last year, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs teamed up with TV stations in four Asian countries to produce four video series on live in Taiwan. The program titled Embracing Taiwan was an instant hit, reaching more than 88 million viewers in the four countries.
1: The ministry announced on Tuesday that a second season of the show is on its way.
5: Wearing vibrant colors, students from the Philippines perform a lively dance. Then Deputy Foreign Minister Tian Zhongguang greets the audience at the press conference in several different languages.
0: Ben-ke-hion.
5: Last year, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs worked with four television stations from the Philippines, Thailand, India, and Vietnam to produce programs showcasing Taiwan's customs in different languages. The productions, titled Embracing Taiwan, were a big hit with viewers.
2: Last time, more than 88 million people watched the show. This time around, according to the influencers and TV show hosts, we will definitely get more than 88 million viewers. We might even reach an audience of 100 million people.
5: This year, the ministry will be collaborating with the Philippines, Vietnam, Thailand, and Malaysia. The new programs will look at Taiwan's public health from an international perspective. They'll showcase the contributions of Taiwan's national face mask team and the everyday lives of new immigrants. They'll also feature unique aspects of Taiwan and Taiwanese life in a pandemic.
3: COVID-19以后的发展，经贸的发展。
2: as for development after COVID-19, our economic development, we need to keep working toward those goals. So, through this second season, we can reintroduce the current state of Taiwan's development to these countries. I think it's quite meaningful.
5: Working with media teams in the region, Taiwan is preparing to showcase the strengths and diversity it has to offer.
1: Last month, President Tsai Ing-wen lifted import uh, restrictions for U.S. pork and for beef from cattle over 30 months old. Although the pork policy ignited fierce controversy, the policy on cattle barely made a ripple.
0: Import data shows that Taiwan's appetite for U.S. beef is strong and steadily growing. More than 80 percent of steakhouses and hot pot restaurants in Taiwan use U.S. beef, of the younger variety. Industry insiders expect the market to adjust smoothly to beef from older steers. A steak sizzles on the grill. Cooked to medium rare, it's
5: tender and juicy. <laughs> Meanwhile, the soup is bubbling. Slices of beef are dipped in the hot pot a few times before being popped in the mouth. Whether it's a hot pot restaurant or a steakhouse, Taiwanese diners love US beef.
3: <laughs> and that's reflected
5: in import volumes. Imports first became legal in 2012. That year, just 18,000 tons were imported. By 2017, it was more than 45,000 tons, and in 2019, it was up to 64,000 tons. Compared to widespread fears about the import of U.S. pork, the news that over 30-month-old beef will enter
4: Taiwan has been greeted with nonchalance. Southeast Asian countries have already been a testing ground for the U.S. for a long time, and there's been no problem. So I think it'll be fine. Taiwanese people are quite confident about American beef. It has a relatively high level of fat and even fat distribution, and its texture is more tender. More than 80% of steakhouses and hot pot restaurants use U.S. beef, so the Taiwanese are very accepting of it. Industry insiders stress that the texture of 30-month-old cattle should also be
5: just as good as the younger variety.
1: Is the color of a car related to traffic accident rates? According to a recently published study, the answer is yes. The study found that among all traffic accidents in in Taipei City from 2016 to 2017, yellow cars were involved in the most accidents, followed by black cars.
0: Researchers said that yellow cars are at the top of the list because most are taxis often on the road. Black cars are accident magnets because of their low visibility.
4: A professor from the Central Police University Department of Traffic Science analyzed Taipei City crash data from 2016 to 2017. He found that yellow cars accounted for the highest proportion of car accidents at 22.47%. Black cars came in second at 20.04%, followed by white cars at 16.39%. Rounding out the top five are silver and gray cars in that order. Among the total
5: number of traffic accidents, we found that yellow cars accounted for a relatively high percentage of accidents
4: in Taipei City. The researcher also analyzed why certain colors are more dangerous. Most yellow cars are taxis, which are on the road every day and often change lanes to pick up passengers. As for black cars or other dark vehicles, they are less visible on the road, so are especially prone to accidents on rainy days or at night. While white cars are highly visible, it's also one of the most popular colors, so there are simply more of them on the road. At this garage, a mechanic is fixing up a black car. Another car in the shop for repairs is also of a dark color. Black probably accounts for
5: 40 to 60 percent of the cars we repair in this garage. If a black car is driving at night, of course there will be a difference in its visibility.
4: Silver, white, black, and gray are among Taiwan's favorite vehicle colors. With more cars of these on the road, the number of traffic accidents for them may be higher as well, researchers said. The
0: ubiquitous easy card is a staple in the purse of every Taiwan denizen, but they're easy to lose track of. Have you ever wondered what happens to lost cards that aren't collected?
1: City councillors have recently cast aspersions on the Taipei Metro Authority for recouping the money left on unclaimed cards. But MRT officials say the cost of running the lost and found service is greater than the compensation drawn in through recycling lost cards.
4: Every day, 2 million journeys are taken on the Taipei Metro. And on average, 180 easy cards are handed in to station officials. They're so easy to use and easy to lose. They're usually dropped when people try to put them back in their pockets after passing through the gates or left at the charging machines after topping up. In 2018, the MRT collected 660,000 lost cards, and in 2019, 570,000. Each year, more than 300,000 were not registered or collected by their owners, meaning more than 5 million NT went straight back into the MRT's revenue.
5: (laughs) That's a lot, because you really don't realize you're dropping it, and it drops silently. At least they first tell you to come and pick it up. They should use it to give some discounts, because we're all
4: on here every day, paying our dues. More than 80% of MRT riders have not registered their EZ card. Metro authorities publish records of all cards found, and keep them for six months before recouping the money left on unclaimed cards. Some city councillors have insinuated that it's a form of corruption, an MRT secret
5: stash. All our procedures are carried out in accordance with civic laws and the relevant legislation. The running costs of the lost and found office, which includes the warehouse, the staff costs, and so on, cost us more than the money that we recoup. It's a service for our passengers, so a phrase
4: like secret stash is completely unfair to our hardworking colleagues. MRT officials roundly dismiss the accusations. The Taiwan Railway's administration operates in the same way. Regular passengers are urged to be vigilant about their cards and collect them if lost, unless they want to give the transport authorities an unexpected bonus.
1: The Financial Supervisory Commission is working to make all banks bilingual, by 2030, all Taiwan bank branches will be required to offer financial services, not just in Chinese, but in English as well, to meet the needs of the growing foreign clientele.
0: Formosa News reporter Stephanie Yang reports from a bank branch that's already made the switch.
3: As part of a plan to make Taiwan a bilingual country by 2030, many Taiwanese banks are launching bilingual services.
2: Hello, how may I help you today?
3: Last Friday, top officials inspected bank branches of CTBC and First Bank that have gone bilingual ahead of the deadline.
1: Currently there are uh, 23 banks express their attention to set bilingual branches, and there are currently 17 bran- uh, banks as already set bilingual branch. We expect that another six banks will also set bilingual branches. The goal is set on the year of 2013, 2030. But I, I believe that we achieve that goal earlier, even maybe two or three years before. The reason why is because we are more internationalized and more foreigners want to visit or stay in Taiwan. So there are emerging needs for local banks to meet the needs for those foreign customers.
2: So please confirm the
1: transaction
2: yeah. detail and sign your name
3: here. At this First Bank counter, a teller communicates with customers in fluent English, assisting with a range of transactions. First Bank has established English consultation counters at the general service counters and foreign exchange counters.
2: It was really nice. I was uh, really glad to know that they had a you know, multi-language service and uh, I was able to communicate with them. It, it helped me a lot because uh, I always had trouble speaking Chinese. So, yeah, a big relief.
0: You made the transfer before? Uh,
2: no, no. That's
0: okay. At our bank, there are two options.
3: Many of First Bank employees have a good level of English literacy. Some immigrated to Taiwan from overseas.
0: I grew up in Canada, and I... For university, I studied science and chemistry. And for masters, I came back to Taiwan and I studied international business. And then I applied for First Bank and got admitted. To get into First Bank, there are basic English requirements, uh, like TOEIC. TOEIC uh, score it has to be over a certain number.
5: Actually, we have already um, have. Had uh, six bilingual branches uh, that uh, set up uh, last year, and uh, for this year we are going to have another six uh, bilingual branches, and uh, hopefully we going to have a um, total in total um, 188 branches uh, that uh, uh, our
3: domestic branches uh, uh, become uh, bilingual. At CTBC Bank, bilingual banking services are not only limited to the counter. Bilingual service is also available at the bank's ATMs and mobile phone app. CTBC says it's working to have bilingual staff at every branch by 2030.
2: We currently have three model bilingual banks, one each in northern, central and southern Taiwan. ATM cards from anywhere in the world can be used at CTBC ATMs, which can provide services in foreign languages.
3: According to the FSC, 17 financial institutions have already set up at least one bilingual branch, while progress is underway at six others.
0: For Mosa News, Stephanie Yang, Cai Chen in Taipei. What better way to cool off on a hot day than something's frozen?
1: A shop in Zhongli, Taoyuan has a creative dessert called Brick Ice, a rectangular bowl of shaved ice that comes in a lot of unique flavors. It also has a garden-like interior filled with plants and flowers. Let's take a look.
2: Fresh tomato sauce is drizzled onto shaved ice. It's topped with whipped cream and a sprig of mint leaves. With the sweet and sour taste, this dessert is mouth-watering. <laughs> Pieces of taro make up the filling of the shaped ice. Finely grated egg yolk is sprinkled on top for a salty garnish. This savory taro-shaped ice is the store's signature dessert and very popular among customers.
4: It has something inside that tastes like blanched almonds. The flavor is quite good. There are also glutinous rice balls and taro sauce. Overall, it's not a flavor you get sick of and it is very refreshing.
2: The owner of this shop in Zhongli creatively combines a flower shop with an ice shop. Its interior is lush with potted plants, making customers feel as if they're eating in a garden. The frozen desserts are distinctive as well. They serve their popular brick ice in a variety of flavors, like tomato and pumpkin.
4: When we traveled to South Korea, he said that South Korea's frozen desserts were delicious, and he wanted to sell them. After he came back to Taiwan, he started studying the desserts and then began selling them. We want to distinguish it from our first ice shop, called the flower shop. The desserts at the flower shop are round. We were thinking that the second shop should be different, so we
1: made these desserts rectangular.
2: With their unique designs and creative touches, this garden ice shop is the talk of the town.
1: Creative uh, mooncake gift sets are hitting the market ahead of Mid-Autumn Festival on October 1st.
0: One hotel has launched a gift set shaped like a Puyoma Express train. Another has created a gift box that becomes a lantern with the flick of a switch. There's also mooncakes presented in a spinning merry-go-round. Local hotels hope that this year Ingenuity can give a boost to sales in the middle of a pandemic.